0: Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. This is the first episode in 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New new year to the world to um, you know have another opportunity and another chance if you're listening to this podcast that means you are alive and you are capable of doing whatever in this world you want to do do not let people put limitations on you do not let people hinder your desires for more and to be happy I don't care if you're making a million dollars a year or making $20,000 a year the key and the goal and what i i personally believe success is being happy doing what you're doing being happy being alive whatever that means to you okay so everybody's form of happiness is different and we're all individuals and somehow we we tend to forget that we all are individuals we were born in this world alone we will die alone okay and not everybody has the same opinion. Not everybody has the same viewpoints. And that does not mean that we cannot be allies. That does not mean that we cannot be friends. And, you know, just because, you know, this, this episode, as a matter of fact, let me start there. This episode I really meant to do before the year ended, 2018 ended, because I wanted to kind of, not that this is negative, but I kind of wanted to get all seemingly negative things out of my life for this 19. One of my New Year's resolutions to myself is to try and duck and dodge any negativity throughout the year from myself and from others and from um, taking in from social media. I just want to see what a year would be like of really almost ignoring negativity, which is kind of hard for me because the community and the people in my, the population of people that I help, um, it's a lot of negative seeming situations, you know, and so that, that is going to be a task of mine, but I'm trying to the best possible to ignore negativity. Um, so I wanted to address these issues, so we'll address these on the first episode here of Raising Pimp City. Welcome back. I appreciate you listening. Believe it. I appreciate everybody that's been out there sharing this, and um, I appreciate you. Just um, today, somebody told me that, or yesterday told me that they had actually taught a class based off of one of my episodes, and I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I do not come from a, a motive of... Of, uh, ego I do not come from a, neg- a negative intentions evil malicious thought I do not and I get some of my assistant told me the other day that I apologize too much and I, I may I'm gonna stop apologizing as much as I do but there is a, a strong sense of um, man fault that I you know from my previous life and things that I've done that I can't get away from but I can only strive to what i I see as some kind of invisible karma meter i want my karma meter to outweigh that my good to outweigh my bad and unfortunately god didn't give me a glimpse on what that karma meter looks like right now so i'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to do as much good as possible because i know i spend quite a few years doing a lot of bad stuff okay and like a bad there's bad and there's good the words but I don't believe there's any bad situations or bad circumstances, um, truly are learning experiences like the bumper sticker, no bad days. They're really not. If you can learn and grow from any situation, any circumstance, um, and then it's for the good. And somehow we get caught up in our own little world, our own little circles. And if something happens to you, you think that it, it's, really, it's really just uh, destructive and no, learn from it, grow from it. And I'm not just speaking out the side of my neck, believe me, sitting here. Going, I just finished going through my contact list and my phone and just really realizing if it isn't my immediate friends, my brother, my friends that I've uh, had, contacts that are just dead. I've literally almost lost everybody that meant something to me uh, uh, as far as um, a, a close friend before their time. Not because they died of old age or cancer. They were taken from this world. And each one of those situations and circumstances could have brought me down to the lowest of lowest of uh, human life. It could have brought me to the lowest of feelings. But I, I have to use and turn those negative and, and bad with seemingly bad situations into motivation for me to go out here and help save lives. And that's how I'm taking it. You may take it different and I'm no better than you and I want to clear that too. Just because we have different views, just because we have different opinions does not mean that you're right, I'm wrong, I'm right, you're wrong. It does not mean that. And it does not mean that we cannot work together if we have the same common goal of helping to save people and save lives. I'm tired of separation. I'm tired of um, um, just because you may disagree with me on a little point or some my opinion of something. Then all of a sudden I'm bad and your way is so good. Can you please stop that? You know, I don't have to come to your daughter's birthday party. I don't have to go with you. I don't have to have dinner with you on Friday nights. But we have a common goal and for the purpose of this podcast is to save and help people from going down a path of pimping and prostitution. We're going where we're striving to help people that are in the life and we're striving to help people before they enter into that destructive life that's what I believe us as advocates that is our role is to help save lives we do not have to agree on everything I have allies that believe that prostitution should be legal I have allies that believe that all pimps should burn in hell I have allies that believe that that um that all human sex trafficking is the same I may not agree with any of them on every single issue but where we all do agree is that we want to help people to live the best life they can. So if you got that in your mind, I'm here to help you in whatever capacity I can. Because my way is not the way. My way only may be helping a certain uh, demographic of the larger population. But I'm here to help. So okay, um, I'm just going to put that out before I address, because uh, I have... Um, I have two major things that have been constantly brought to me in these past few months. And one question that was just brought to me yesterday as I, post, I posted on my Facebook um, for people to ask me questions if they had any questions for me to address. Um, okay? So, yeah, we don't have to be best friends to um, to work together with the common goal. I understand that. Please understand that. So, yeah, so one of the major um, things that's kind of been coming in, um, in a previous few months is this thing about um me saying i'm a survivor so let's start there i don't know it it may have come from a couple different ways so i really don't go around just saying i'm a survivor and i really don't say um i'm a survivor of human sex trafficking okay but I, i have made a linkedin article one day on my linkedin page that said, am I a survivor too? And I had wrote in there in detail why, I wish I would have printed it out, I could have read it right now. Um, But I wrote in there in detail why, I kind of just asking the question um, and answering the question at the same time. So for one, you don't have to agree with me. It's okay, that does not make me bad and you good because you don't agree with me. And I don't run around saying I'm a survivor, Although I am. Understand this. Listen, chill. Sit back for a second before you got mad already. See, he said it. He said he's a survivor. I told you. Relax. Okay? I am 37 years old. I come from a background of destruction. I come from a background of really not one male on... On either side of my family, that I could even say that I'm proud of, or would pattern my life after, not one. Okay, I come from a, a, a drug-infested community. In the born in the '80s, I come from a gangbanging background. I, most of my friends are dead, and not dead because they died of cancer, not dead because they they died of old age. I've been losing close friends since I was 12 years old to murder. Okay, I've been losing friends like that. So we will start there. I don't know what your definition of the word survivor is. For me, when I was young, if you made it to 18, you were lucky. If you made it to 25, you were a miracle. I'm 37 right now. It is a blessing to be here right now. I lost two friends in 2017 within 40 days of each other. And then my little cousin, who was 21 years old, I lost 60 days after that. Two to murder, one to an overdose. All three of them trying to be in the game, still stuck in the street life. I'm still standing. To me, my opinion, I have survived. To have my mental, my, my, my brain on straight, to be thinking straight, to be striving for more, to be goal oriented, to be working positively, not doing crime, not doing anything illegal, to have that mind frame right now, I have survived a, 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 a set of circumstances that were set up before my birth that would that would say otherwise for me being here right now. I should be doing other things according to the masses in my community. I have survived that mentality. I have survived a bullet. I have survived those things. Okay? Now I'm just talking, that's overall survival. For me and my community, in my background, where I'm from, it may be different from you and where you're from. I cannot explain that. You know, I, I mean, I cannot, I I'm, I can, um, I feel you. I understand where you're coming from. But if you did not walk one day in my Chuck Taylors, you did not walk one day living homeless for three years like you may have. But you want my situation to be here right now? I can't express it enough. I have survived an overall uh, um, destructive situation for over 30 years. Okay? So that's the overall survival And if you ever hear me saying I'm a survivor, which I will try not to ever, because I don't even want to be in that category like that's what I am only. So overall, yes, I'm a survivor. Tell me I'm not. That's your opinion. And you're entitled to it. My mama said opinions. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And nine times out of ten, it smells like shit. Blame my mama. I didn't make that up. Okay. So that's the overall survival. Now let's talk about: Am I a survivor of human sex trafficking? Let's be clear. I am not trying to um, compare myself to a, a woman, child, man that was forced into trafficking. That wasn't. That was trafficking. I'm not. I can no way ever compare myself to those people or the people that have gone through. Um, kidnapping, gone through torture, gone through forced into selling themselves for sex, I cannot, I, I, I'm not even trying to say that, I'm, I'm nothing but empathetic for people that have gone through tragic situations like that, they're, that are going through those situations right now, I am not in no way trying to belittle them or belittle their situation, okay, and when I'm saying they're even, I'm not, I'm, I have family in this I have friends in this I'm talking about that are selling themselves and have sold themselves for money okay this is not no um, no mystery topic for me or something I read about or I'm just aware of because I learned through an awareness rally after I did an awareness run no no I am I'm I'm thoroughly knowledgeable and aware of of the, that situation but when I say I'm a survivor of that if I say that I, meaning that that world that um, you know, I might have been on the other end as a, a former pimp, but I'm alive. Most of the pimps I know have died or have lost their life or went to prison. You know, once again, I, got, I spoke on the overall, but in a way, can you can you understand me a little bit? Just a little bit. I survived that era from 1996 until. Or, uh 2008 I'll give it one of the biggest human sex trafficking epidemics that ever happened in America next to the transatlantic slave trade happened here in in America in the in the San Diego where I'm from why this why why is this podcast even titled raised in pimp City literally I feel in comparing I was raised in a city that bred pimps as a young kid I have made it out of that mind frame. I have made it out of that situation. I have people that I know that are still stuck in that mind frame. I have survived the greatest epidemic, one of the greatest epidemics of sex trafficking and really pimping and prostitution in America. I have survived that. And you can um, people feel like they could just coin the, the term "survivor." I know people that are survivors of domestic sec- uh, uh, not, uh, excuse me, domestic violence. I know people that are survivors of, of of drug addiction. I know people that are survivors of violent attacks, survivors of war. There are many different types of survivors, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, but I'm gonna reframe. For the sake of, I don't want to come across like I am comparing, and I don't want to come across like I am, um, I don't, I just, I don't want people to feel bad, you know, I have a a heart, and I don't want people to, especially survivors that have, that have gone through human sex trafficking, I don't want them to feel bad about themselves and their situation. OK, so I'm going to reframe and I have been. I don't even go around saying that people have put that on me. And it almost seems like people are putting stuff on me because they want me to be a bad guy, maybe because they have not recovered from their own situations. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. It's not on me to make everybody feel happy and good. I have a job to do out here and that's saving lives. And I'm going to focus and concentrate on saving lives, not bickering, not petty stuff. I will not. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, so um, I'm I'm a survivor. All right, where's my next question? I got my notes. I didn't want to miss nothing today, you know, because once this is done and this is out here, I I may talk to somebody that wants to meet and talk about these things more. But at first, I'm just going to point you to the podcast because I shouldn't have to keep continuing to explain this and talk about this. Although I will, although I will, I really don't want to. I want, you know, what you resist will persist. What you concentrate on, you will get more of. That's why I keep pushing the line of... um, I know this is Human Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, but I really hope the rest of the year can be Human Sex Trafficking Solution Year. Okay? We're aware. If all these... I go to... I'm in several different conferences with brilliant minds. We have uh, people letters behind their name phds and we got all these different people counselors researcher this researcher that we have lived experience experts we have all these different people in the room and we seem to be having the same meeting repetitively what we're talking about awareness and all this stuff Can you imagine if we had brought all these brilliant minds to one place and we the whole time of this conference, this two day conference, this one day conference, these week long conferences, we actually all just sat and worked on solutions? Guess what we would have, folks? Guess what we would have? (laughs) Okay, you work my, my bro, my friend, he tells me, you know, you concentrate on problems, you get more problems. You concentrate on solutions you're going to get solutions. And I believe and I love all the people that I've been in these conferences with. And they're brilliant. And I'm like, why has no one figured out the missing component to bring these brilliant minds together that when are we going to have the Human Sex Trafficking Solutions Conference? Oh, oh my God. That would be amazing. I'd pay $500 for that. But, okay. So, one of the other... Um, questions and things that have come up and i've heard come from a, a many different ways actually three i'm not gonna say many most people understand me but i had a podcast earlier on you can listen to it where i had said um it, it was titled 80 percent of the women 80 Percent of prostitutes have no pimp okay so it's been people that just read the title and never listened to the podcast. Or there's been people that have just been told that I have that podcast and got mad. Not listening to it. Not saying, okay, let me check it out for myself and see what he's talking about. Okay? So, that's, let's start there. I don't understand that. That's we call those headline readers. You read a headline on a newspaper. You read a headline tagline on a, on, a, on a, a social media post. And then just run with it. Instead of digging in, instead of learning. That's lazy. Straight lazy. And especially when you want to formulate an opinion on somebody. And then start attacking that person. That doesn't make any sense. Not to me. But once again, that's my opinion. And I'm not saying I'm right. I could be wrong. Okay, but... Before I... um, Let me break that down. And what I mean by that, again. First, even more so now than ever... Um, I'm breaking away from comparing and the, the, the background that I come from. Let me be very specific. We never called this human sex trafficking. That is a new term to me. And I believe a new term being used like it is used right now for the past maybe five, six years. Okay, before that, where I come from and the background that I come from is Inner city, predominantly black, pimping and prostitution. There was a set of rules and regulations and guidelines that were unwritten, but they had come from the the seventies. They had come from uh, 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 mostly from the seventies. There was a look and a culture that was created, a subculture. Of pimping and prostitution, there was ways you were supposed to conduct yourself that I learned from in the streets, from older pimps. I learned these things, right? And for the most part, me and my friends applied those things. And we, we, I'm 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, kids. We were kids, Um, but trying to abide by these rules that were um, we we had learned, you know, was no force was no you know if you couldn't if you couldn't talk for yours if you couldn't if you couldn't convince a girl to be with you with your mouth then you didn't have her it was all these little things It was choosing fees where someone had to actually pay to be with you there was no kidding you could not deal or mess with minors you cannot you cannot have a minor prostituting for you and then not to say that there was not some dudes that didn't do the opposite of these rules because there were There were people that did not necessarily follow these rules. I'm only speaking from a specific background that I come from. Unlike other people that will talk to you as if they know everything. They're speaking for pimping and prostitutes and human sex trafficking and overall. Be mindful of those people. Because this is a very, very vast problem. And it's not like you can't just put all of these different little pockets in one pocket, all these different subjects in one pocket. And, and, it's, and that's what it is. You have lost when you do that. And that's why so many people are going unnoticed and not helped because you do not even know what you're looking for. OK, I, I'm speaking specifically my expertise, my lived experience expertise comes from the streets and in the inner city of San Diego, particularly Although I've traveled throughout this country. Although I've been in the hoods and in inner cities throughout this country. And for the most part, they operated the same. There was little rules that changed here and there. You know, there was different things, different ways of operation, different places and regions. But for the most part, whatever was about this set of rules and guidelines, they were they were across the board. So now, bringing that, back to that question, or why I said that, 80% of prostitutes had no pimp. I'm not talking about when it was the epidemic and the, the uh, mid-90s, early 2000s. It was actually the total opposite. It was rare for me to know or find a girl, a woman, that did not have a pimp that was in the game. It was not, it was not, that was not going on like that. There was some girls that called, we called them renegades. They called themselves renegades. That's a term in the game, renegades, when you don't have a pimp when you're just out there making money on your own. Fast forward to 2019. I'm in the streets still. I'm connected still to the people that are still in the game, stuck in the game and the like. And I have to be. How else am I going to help those people if I'm not connected to them? How else am I not going to how else am I going to keep up and help if I do not keep up with the current trends and what's going on in the inner city and with it with the particular demographic that I'm, I'm helping? Okay, so in my opinion, which I'm entitled to my opinion, I know and I have been aware of more girls currently that do not have a pimp. That do not have a traditional pimp that are working in the game. I don't. I do. I mean, it's like, what do you? And sometimes I'm wondering, like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to change what I'm saying to fit you so you'll feel better? Do you want me to lie about what I know to be factful, fact, factual on the streets? What the hell? I'm, I can't. I can't make myself do that. And I've heard some people are like, well, Armand, you're if you put that out there, you're gonna be hurting the efforts. I'm sorry. I cannot lie. And my job is to put out the information that's there so people can have a full overall idea of what's going on. You don't like it, I'm sorry. Don't listen to the don't listen to the fucking podcast. Don't listen. But there's some people out there that do wanna listen, whether they like it or not, because they can so they can know. Otherwise, the same information is being regurgitated. 80% of the women and the people that I know in the game right now don't have a pimp. And the ones that seem like they do, they're in boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. It's not a traditional pimp that's checking, taking all the money. They're in a relationship. The girl is choosing to give that man money, maybe or they're just working damn right on their own. And this is happening for two reasons, two main reasons. One is this thing called the internet that did not just change the game, it changed life for everybody. The internet there's never been a, a error like there is right now with this thing called the internet. I was I'm in my opinion the greatest invention ever. Okay? So you got a population of people that still are um, lacking opportunities, lacking resources, that know that they have their body and can sell their body. They don't need a man now. They got the Internet. I can post an ad for myself. I can go and, 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 and get my hotel and make my own money, work when I want to work. There's more of that going on in my community, my community. It may be different where you're from. It may be different in the style and type of trafficking that you're talking about. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I am speaking specifically about domestic, urban, inner city, pimping, and prostitution. It is not the same as it was 15 years ago. It is not the same as it was 10 years ago. One of the main reasons is the internet. Another reason is women empowerment that's again something that's crossed the board it's not just in this industry how many women out there have the mentality now that they don't need a man to to, to be successful they don't need a man to to, to have a baby even you know what I mean girls have told me "I I, can't, I just want a baby I don't need a man I'm gonna have my baby it is a it's a mind state that's developed now okay that same mind state is not just oh these these girls they're in the game they don't think like regular women that's your problem too some people think like people that are in the game they're dumb or they just don't know what they're doing not no no not the case sorry I'm sorry and uh, oh shoot let me it's three let me give that third that third reason why the um that part of that why eighty percent I believe my opinion I could be wrong. But my opinion, my observations and another another reason is, mind you, when I was young, previous to me entering into the game and my friends, the, the generations of people in our community above us were gang members. We had the we had the gang, the major gang epidemic, which was spawned by the crack epidemic, which was huge in black and brown communities throughout the nation. It was huge. That is what we can... I was born... I'm I'm born in 81. I'm an 80s baby. I was there when the world went crazy over crack cocaine. When my family was destroyed and tore up over crack cocaine. When kids were getting shifted and put into foster homes. When when, uh, dads were going to jail. When moms were getting strung out. When dudes, dads were getting strung out. I lived through that. I was born in that. Okay? I did not, I wasn't born with a lot of pimp. I didn't know what a pimp was until I was 15, 16. A real pimp. Pimp to me was just that cool word that meant you get a lot of girls or you dress nice. That's what pimp was to me. Because we weren't exposed to it. So in my generation, when we came into pimping and prostitution at um, 16 years old, 17 years old. I'm saying at least 65, 70 percent of my peers, male and female, the girls I went to school with, the guys I went to school with, we merged into pimping and prostitution together, together. OK, we went into this together. So we started this over. There had been no previous pimp error other than uh, uh, the 70s where it was there, but it still wasn't as big as it was when we did it. So we, we kind we, of, so we're the beginning of that for this new modern generation. We're the beginning of that. So nowadays, what you have is, um, you know, we did, the girls in the game, they didn't have an older sister, cousin, the majority of them. Some did, a mom. They didn't have people in their neighborhood that were influenced, that were prostitutes. They didn't have that person to talk to that was around. They didn't grow up. They, my generation didn't grow up seeing that. But nowadays, the youngsters growing up now, it's overly exposed. I'm in San Diego. The pimp and prostitute culture is still here. Everybody knows what it is. Every rapper's talking about it. <coughs> Every rapper's talking about it. It's not just around us in our neighborhood. It's in the music we're listening to. So everybody knows. So for a pimp nowadays to convince a girl to prostitute for him, to work with him, for that to happen, it's really, really hard because they already know. Unlike when I was younger, it was easier because it was a new thing. Nobody knew the downside of it. Nobody knew the bad side of pimps and and the game in the streets. Nobody really knew it because we were freshly exposed to it. Not the case anymore. So it is harder for a guy to get at this girl and and sell her this dream and talk to her about prostituting, about getting out there working the internet, because she already knows. In my community, bring let me bring that back. So although I'm not going to discuss that here, but in a previous podcast, I also talked about why the minor thing is exploding that this also has to stem from why so many minors are getting brought into the game now because those are the fresh minds and naive minds that are being brought in because you can't it's harder it's harder for a pimp traditional pimp following the rules and regulations to knock a girl right now excuse me to coerce, to get a girl to work with him, It's harder. So he, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys and it's like, a, I, I just, uh, I made a post about this the other day, it's sickening to see all these guys going after minors now. And it's happening. So, um, so yes, I'm sorry if you disagree. You may be operating a different field, a different, uh, when it comes to human sex trafficking. But where I'm from, I'm gonna be real specific. In San Diego, in the inner cities of San Diego, coming from southeast, valley, East Dago, there are more women that I know that are prostituting by themselves without a pimp. And when I'm talking about prostituting, I'm not talking about they posting their own ads. They working when they want to work. They're doing their thing because still with all this awareness and all these people talking and knowing that wanting to end human sex trafficking, nobody's really pushing a line to, to hit the root of the problem, which is a lack of opportunity, a lack of resources and a lack of prevention work. It's not happening yet. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not getting off of what I said. What I said is correct. It may not apply to where you are or overall. There may be more girls working for people overall in all the human sex trafficking, but I'm not under that umbrella. I'm talking real specific here. Real specific. Okay. Ha. Sorry. um, It may seem this is kind of emotional for me because, like I said, when people ask me, they they, people question, there's been private meetings about me and um, about... uh, should we allow him into our... Let me address that too. Should we allow him into this community? How should we feel about a former pimp being in this community? Excuse me. Most of y'all are new to the community. I, I'm, I'm born in this community. My homegirls was, was, was in the game. My cousins were in the game. My, my friends were in the game. Have died in the game. Have bled in the game. Have had babies through the game. I don't, I'm not in your community. Welcome to mine. How about that? Now, the advocacy community, yes, I may be new to coming in to, to y'all, but I'm coming in to help you. Please don't reject me. You know what I mean? I, I could care less because I'm going to do the work that I need to do anyway because the demographic and the people that I help don't even know you exist. Okay. Now, so let me, that's a perfect segue into a question that a... Uh, um, a colleague did ask yesterday and she asked me about my girls that I had that were in the game and if I got it correct, she asked did was there ever anybody any outreach to them? Uh, let me read this exactly. Did I ever see advocates or anyone reaching out to my girls? one hundred percent not one time. I've never I never even knew there were advocates out there for the 20 years i was in and around the game i've never seen them never heard of them didn't know that there was such a thing <laughs> um and uh, i was talking to my assistant yesterday and she told me you know because i brought that question up to her and she had told me about a religious group that had came up, approached her um online you know because she was working online um with, back in the day and, and they had a uh, start sending her messages emails they were call her number and she ended up um storing their name in there so she wouldn't answer but they were calling just telling they were praying for her so I'm sure pockets of these people existed but for the masses of people that are, were in the game when I was in the game you know I don't it, it's, a, it's a huge awareness thing going on now but 10 years ago 15 years ago non-existent um, never knew there was a way out and even now with the level of awareness that's out here now the level of advocacy that's here now Um, Most of the people in my demographics, the people that I know that are in the game now, they don't even know that there's an advocacy community out here. It's like two totally different worlds going on right now. There's the people, all these, there's thousands of people that want to help and have these programs. And then there's thousands of people that need those programs, but don't even know they exist. That don't even know they have an opportunity to go to one of these homes or uh, to get rehabilitated, to get help. They don't know that there's legal services. They don't know. And so, um, this is where I'm going to wrap this podcast up with, so what is the solution to that? Because I've been around now because I got around and I've discovered and I've been in, um, you know, I've discovered that all these great groups exist and these great people exist with programs and stuff that would be really beneficial, really beneficial to a lot of the people that are feel like they're stuck in the game. So what is missing? I think the biggest piece, what I've discovered missing is that a lot of these people aren't the ones that run these programs, aren't the ones closest to the pain. They're not the ones with the lived experience. Or if they are the ones with the lived experience, their lived experience is from 1930. You know, And where they're not as familiar with what's going on in 2020. So um, a lot's changed. And they're disconnected. So there's a huge disconnect between the advocacy community and the community of people that are on the streets that need the help and want the help. And probably and a lot of them are still stuck in the game because they don't think or believe there's anything else they can do because they've been in it for so long. So... That missing piece, you need a bridge. There needs to be a bridge created between the advocacy community and the people in the uh, that are working. Not just the prostitute, but the pimp. There needs to be a bridge that can help them to get out of the life, to believe in themselves, to be able to do something different and better for themselves. They are human. Yes, I said the pimp too. They are human beings that more than likely came into the work that they're doing because of, of, of something missing or lacking in their life, some form of abuse, some form of opportunity or resource missing, some form of uh, uh, mentorship missing, parental uh, parents missing, something. So that bridge, in my opinion, is advocacy groups start hiring lived experience experts to work as your not and not work as in no no charity case, not we're handing you, but, you know your minimum wage job. No, put that that person is way more important than you are. That person' job is is uh, I that's well, I take that back. Not more important, equally as important as yours. But you need that person, and this I'm on. I sit on the Prop Forty Seven Commission here in San uh, committee here in San Diego, and. Even doing that, there's these groups that got a lot, millions of dollars to be able to get people that came out of prison um, under, under Prop 47 and get them to come to their groups. And they got millions of dollars and the numbers that they're producing from what they got, they uh, are so small. Seven people like I'm like, do you know what an organization like mine would do with half a million dollars, you know? And the reason that is, is because we're the ones closest to the pain. We're the ones still connected to the community. So, um, like here in San Diego, we have organizations that are really active in the streets with the people. You got my homegirl, uh, Jamie Johnson, with the um, organization Sisters of the Streets. She has a way more connection to that demographic of people that advocates want to help than you have on your own. She needs to be funded. She needs to be hired on, subcontracted to to be that community piece, to be that connection piece. That needs to happen. She needs to be on your board of directors. She needs to be on there to help guide you in what you think you know from your bookwork, your research, and I'm sure there's people and organizations like hers and Sisters of the Street throughout the United States. There's organizations like mine, Paving Great Futures who's launching, we're launching our first um, all-female Survivor driven, survivor led, lived experience led um, group uh, for women that are in the game and not just in the game. We're this for women that after they've gone through these advocacy uh, programs and they're done after nine weeks, ten, you know, ten months, whatever the case may be, what's after that? So it's called jewels It's called Guiding Entrepreneur Women, Entrepreneur, uh, excuse me, Guiding, Empowering. Women Entrepreneur Leaders for Success. Jules with a G. And where we're going to um, be able to train transferable skills and take women that were in the game to in, and teach them and empower them to own their own businesses, to be productive in society, to prosper beyond survivorhood. You know, okay, I'm a survivor. Now what? What is after being a survivor? So... Yeah, that's coming. Um, like that's being worked on right now by an awesome team of um, of women. I get to add my voice in here and there with just ideas, but they be giving me the boot, okay? Because they know what they're doing, and these are empowered women, empowered leaders. And I I, I know what I know, but I know they they they're the ones closest to the pain. You know, so I I play the back road. But um, yeah. This is it. I'm going to get this off my chest. I'm about to pull into my office right now and start my day. And this is gone. Clear my mind. Drink some coffee. And God bless all of you. And I can't help but say it one more time. Just because we don't agree on everything. Just because you don't agree with somebody on everything. Find the commonality between the two of you. If our mission is the same, which is to save lives, find the commonality, and figure out how to work together. And if you can't, then don't work with me. Don't work with that next group. Don't work with them. But don't come against them. Don't find a way to hurt them. As far as I've seen, I'm the only former pimp willing to put himself on the line right now to help advocates. I haven't seen another one pop up yet. I haven't. Would you rather me not be here? Would you rather me shut up and just not talk? Would you rather me not come to your meetings and then you don't have this perspective, you don't have this insight, you don't have this? That doesn't make sense to me and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So to you individuals who feel that is the case, then reevaluate yourself. If there's some self-reflection you need to do, maybe there's some hurt and pain you ain't got over yet. Address that, not for me. For your own self You live one time Get some clarity Get some self-awareness And help yourself To be a better person The best person you can be Or you're not you're, You're actually damaging people And not helping them Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. This is the first episode in 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year to the world to, um, you know, have another opportunity and another chance. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are alive And you are capable of doing whatever in this world you want to do. Do not let people put limitations on you. Do not let people hinder your desires for more and to be happy. I don't care if you're making a million dollars a year or making $20,000 a year. The key and the goal and what I, I personally believe success is being happy doing what you're doing. Being happy being alive whatever that means to you, okay? So everybody's form of happiness is different, and we're all individuals, and somehow we we tend to forget that. We all are individuals. We were born in this world alone. We will die alone, okay? And not everybody has the same opinion. Not everybody has the same viewpoints, and that does not mean that we cannot be Allies, that does not mean that we cannot be friends, and you know, just because you know, that's what this episode. As a matter of fact, let me start there. This episode, I really meant to do before the year ended, 2018 ended, because I wanted to kind of not that this is negative. But I kind of wanted to get all seemingly negative things out of my life for this 19. One of my New Year's resolutions to myself is to try and duck and dodge any negativity throughout the year from myself and from others and from um, taking in from social media. I just want to see what a year would be like of really almost ignoring negativity, which is kind of hard for me because the community and the people in my the population of people that i help um it's a lot of negative seeming situations you know and so that that is going to be a task of mine but i'm trying to the best possible to ignore negativity um so i wanted to address these issues so we'll address these on the first episode here raising pimp city welcome back i appreciate you listening believe it i appreciate everybody that's been out there sharing this and um uh, I appreciate you. Just um, today, somebody told me that, or yesterday, told me that they had actually taught a class based off of one of my episodes, and I, I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, I do not come from a, a motive of of a ego. I do not come from a, neg- a negative intentions, evil, malicious thought. I do not. And I, some of my assistant told me the other day that I apologize too much, and I, I may, I'm gonna stop apologizing. As much as I do But there is A a strong sense of um, Man fault That I You know From my previous life And things that I've done That I can't get away from But I can only strive to what i I see as some kind of invisible karma meter i want my karma meter to outweigh that my good to outweigh my bad and unfortunately god didn't give me a glimpse on what that karma meter looks like right now so i'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to do as much good as possible because i know i spend quite a few years doing a lot of bad stuff okay and like a bad there's bad and there's good the words but i don't believe there's any bad situations or bad circumstances Um, Truly are learning experiences like the bumper sticker no bad days They're really not if you can learn and grow from any situation any circumstance um and then it was for the good and somehow we get caught up in our own little world our own little circles and if something happens to you you think that it's really it's really just uh destructive and no, learn from it grow from it and i'm not just speaking out the side of my neck believe me sitting here going i just finished going through my contact list and my phone and just really realizing if it isn't my immediate friends my brother my friends that i've uh, had contacts that are just dead, I've literally almost lost everybody that meant something to me uh, uh, as far as um, a a close friend before their time, not because they died of old age or cancer, they were taken from this world, and each one of those situations and circumstances could have brought me down to the lowest of of, uh, human life. It could have brought me to the lowest of feelings, but I, I have to use and turn those negative and, and bad with seemingly bad situations into motivation for me to go out here and help save lives. And that's how I'm taking it. You may take it different and I'm no better than you, and I wanna clear that too. Just because we have different views, just because we have different opinions does not mean that you're right, I'm wrong, I'm right, you're wrong. It does not mean that. And it does not mean that we cannot work together if we have the same common goal of helping to save people and save lives. I'm tired of separation. I'm tired of um, uh, just because you may disagree with me on a little point or some my opinion of something, then all of a sudden I'm bad and your way is so good. Can you please stop that? You know, I don't have to come to your daughter's birthday party. I don't have to go with you day, I don't have to have dinner with you on Friday nights. But we have a common goal, and for the purpose of this podcast... Is to save and help people from going down a path of pimping and prostitution. We're going where we're striving to help people that are in the life and we're striving to help people before they enter into that destructive life. That's what I believe us as advocates. That is our role is to help save lives. We do not have to agree on everything. I have allies that believe that prostitution should be legal. I have allies that believe that all pimps should burn in hell. I have allies that believe that, that, um, that all human sex trafficking is the same. I may not agree with any of them on every single issue. But what we all do agree is that we want to help people to live the best life they can. So if you got that in your mind, I'm here to help you in whatever capacity I can. Because my way is not the way. My way only may be helping a certain uh, demographic of the larger population. But I'm here to help. So okay, um, I'm just going to put that out before I address Because uh, I, um, I have two major things that have been constantly brought to me in these past few months. And one question that was just brought to me yesterday as I post. I posted on my Facebook um, for people to ask me questions if they had any questions for me to address. Um, okay? So, yeah, we don't have to be best friends to, um, to work together with the common goal. I understand that. Please understand that. So, yeah, so one of the major um, things that's kind of been coming in, um, in a previous few months is this thing about um, me saying I'm a survivor so let's start there i don't know it it may have come from a couple different ways so i really don't go around just saying i'm a survivor and i really don't say um i'm a survivor of human sex trafficking okay but i I had made a linkedin article one day on my linkedin page that said am i a survivor too and i had wrote in there in detail why i wish i would have printed it out i could have read it right now Um, But I wrote in there in detail why I'm kind of just asking the question um, and answering the question at the same time. So for one, you don't have to agree with me. It's okay. That does not make me bad and you good because you don't agree with me. And I don't run around saying I'm a survivor, although I am. Understand this listen chill sit back for a second before you got mad already. See he said it. He said he's a survivor I told you relax Okay, I am 37 years old I come from a background of destruction. I come from a background of Really not one male on on either side of my family that I could even say that I'm proud of or would pattern my life after not one Okay I come from a a, um, drug infested community born in the 80s. I come from a gangbanging background. Most of my friends are dead and not dead because they died of cancer, not dead because they they died of old age. I've been losing close friends since I was 12 years old to murder, okay? I've been losing friends like that. So we'll start there. I don't know what your definition of the word survivor is, For me, when I was young, if you made it to 18, you were lucky. If you made it to 25, you were a miracle. I'm 37 right now. It is a blessing to be here right now. I lost two friends in 2017 within 40 days of each other. And then my little cousin, who was 21 years old, I lost 60 days after that. Two to murder, one to an overdose all three of them trying to be in the game still stuck in the street life I'm still standing to me my opinion I have survived to have my mental my my brain on straight to be thinking straight to be striving for more to be goal oriented to be working positively not doing crime not doing anything illegal to have that mind frame right now I have survived Uh, 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 a set of circumstances that were set up before my birth that that would say otherwise for me being here right now. I should be doing other things according to the masses in my community. I have survived that mentality. I have survived a bullet. I have survived those things. Okay? Now I'm just talking, that's overall survival for me and my community in my background where I'm from. It may be different from you and where you're from. I cannot explain that. You know, I, I mean, I cannot, I I'm, I can, um, I feel you. I understand where you're coming from. But if you did not walk one day in my Chuck Taylors, you did not walk one day live, living homeless for three years like you may have. But you want we, my situation to be here right now. I can't express it enough. I have survived an overall, uh, um, destructive situation for over 30 years okay so that's the overall survival and if you ever hear me saying I'm a survivor which I will try not to ever because I don't even want to be in that category like that's what I am only so overall yes I'm a survivor tell me I'm not that's your opinion and you're entitled to it my mama said opinions opinions are like assholes Everybody has one. And nine times out of ten, it smells like shit. Blame my mom. I didn't make that up. Okay. So, that's the overall survival. Now, let's talk about am I a survivor of human sex trafficking? Let's be clear. I am not trying to um, compare myself to a, a woman, child, man that was forced into trafficking. That wasn't that was traffic. I'm not I can no way ever compare myself to those people or the people that have gone through um, kidnapping, gone through torture, gone through forced into selling themselves for sex. I cannot I'm not even trying to say that I'm, I'm nothing but empathetic for people that have gone through tragic situations like that that are going through those situations right now. I am not in no way trying to belittle them or belittle their situation okay and when i'm saying they're even i'm not i have family in this i have friends in this i'm talking about that are selling themselves and have sold themselves for money okay this is not no um no mystery topic for me or something i read about or i'm just aware of because i learned through an awareness rally after i did an awareness run no no i i'm i'm thoroughly Knowledgeable and aware of of the that situation, but when I say I'm a survivor of that, if I say that, I, meaning that that world that um, you know, I might have been on the other end as a, a former pimp, but I'm alive. Most of the pimps I know have died or have lost their life or went to prison. You know, once again, I got, I spoke on the overall, but. In a way, can you can you understand me a little bit? Just a little bit. I survived that era from nineteen ninety-six until or uh two thousand and eight I'll give it. One of the biggest human sex trafficking epidemics that ever happened in America, next to the transatlantic slave trade, happened here in, in America, in the in the San Diego where I'm from. Why this why why is this podcast even titled raised in Pimp City literally I feel in comparing I was raised in a city that bred pimps as a young kid I have made it out of that mind frame I have made it out of that situation I have people that I know that are still stuck in that mind frame I have survived the greatest epidemic one of the greatest epidemics of sex trafficking and really pimping and prostitution in America I have survived that and you we could um, people feel like they could just coin the, the term survivor I know people that are survivors of domestic sex uh, 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 excuse me domestic violence I know people that are survivors of, of, of drug addiction I know people that are survivors of violent attacks survivors of war there are many different types of survivors right maybe I'm wrong okay But I'm going to reframe for the sake of I don't want to come across like I am comparing. And I don't want to come across like I am. um, I I just I don't want people to feel bad. You know, I have a, a heart and I don't want people to especially survivors that have that have gone through human sex trafficking. I don't want them to feel bad about themselves and their situation. Okay. So I'm going to reframe. And I have been. I don't even go around saying that. People have put that on me. And it almost seems like people are putting stuff on me because they want me to be a bad guy. Maybe because they have not recovered from their own situations. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. It's not on me to make everybody feel happy and good. I have a job to do out here. And that's saving lives. And I'm going to focus and concentrate on saving lives. Not bickering. Not petty stuff. I will not. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, so um, I'm I'm a survivor. All right, where's my next question? I got my notes. I didn't want to miss nothing today, you know, because once this is done and this is out here, I I may talk to somebody that wants to meet and talk about these things more. But at first, I'm just going to point you to the podcast because I shouldn't have to keep continuing to explain this and talk about this. Although I will, although I will, I really don't want to. I want, you know, what you resist will persist. What you concentrate on, you will get more of. That's why I keep pushing the line of... um, I know this is Human Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, but I really hope the rest of the year can be Human Sex Trafficking Solution Year. Okay? We're aware. If all these... I go to... I'm in several different conferences with brilliant minds. We have uh people letters behind their name phds and we got all these different people counselors researcher this researcher that we have lived experience experts we have all these different people in the room and we seem to be having the same meeting repetitively what we're talking about awareness and all this stuff can you imagine if we had brought all these brilliant minds one place, and we, the whole time of this conference, this two-day conference, this one-day conference, these week-long conferences, we actually all just sat and worked on solutions, guess what we would have, folks? Guess what we would have? (laughs) Okay, you work, my my, my bro, my friend, he tells me, you know, you concentrate on problems, you get more problems. You concentrate on solutions, you're going to get solutions. And I believe and I love... um, all the people that I've been in these conferences with and they're brilliant I'm like why have no one figured out the missing component to bring these brilliant minds together that when are we going to have the human sex trafficking solutions conference oh my god that would be amazing I'd pay $500 for that but okay so one of the other um, questions and things that have come up and I've heard come from a uh, many different ways. Actually, three. I'm not going to say many. Most people understand me. But I had a podcast earlier on. You can listen to it. Where I had said... Um, it was titled... 80% of the women... 80% of prostitutes have no pimp. Okay? So... It's been people that just read the title and never listened to the podcast. Or there's been people that have just been told that I have that podcast and got mad. Not listening to it. Not saying, okay, let me check it out for myself and see what he's talking about. Okay? So, that's let's start there. I don't understand that. That's what we call those headline readers. You read a headline on a newspaper. You read a headline tagline on a, on a, on a, a social media post. And then just run with it. Instead of digging in, instead of learning. That's lazy. Straight lazy. And especially when you want to formulate an opinion on somebody. And then start attacking that person. That doesn't make any sense. Not to me. But once again, that's my opinion. And I'm not saying I'm right. I could be wrong. Okay, but... Before I... um, Let me break that down. And what I mean by that again. First, even more so now than ever... Um, I'm breaking away from comparing and the, the, the background that I come from, let me be very specific. We never called this human sex trafficking. That is a new term to me, and I believe a new term being used like it is used right now for the past maybe five, six years. okay? Before that, where I come from and the background that I come from is inner city. Predominantly black pimping and prostitution. There was a set of rules and regulations and guidelines that were unwritten, but they had come from the 70s that come from, uh, uh, uh mostly from the seventies. There was a look and a culture that was created, a subculture of pimping and prostitution. There was ways you were supposed to conduct yourself that I learned from in the streets, from older pimps. I learned these things, right? And for the most part, me and my friends applied those things. And we, we, when I, I'm 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, kids, we were kids. Um, but trying to abide by these rules that were, um, we, we had learned, you know, was no force. Was no, you know, if you couldn't, if you couldn't talk for yours, if you, couldn't, if you couldn't convince a girl to be with you with your mouth, then you didn't have her. It was all these little things. It was choosing fees where someone had to actually pay to be with you. There was no kid. You could not deal or mess with minors. You could not, you could not have a minor prostituting for you. And then not to say that there was not some dudes that didn't do the opposite of these rules because there were there were people that did not necessarily follow these rules. I'm only speaking from a specific background that I come from, unlike other people that will talk to you as if they know everything. They're speaking for pimping and prostitutes and human sex trafficking and overall be mindful of those people. Because this is a very, very vast problem and it's not like you can't just put all of these different little pockets in one pocket, all these different subjects in one pocket and that's what it is. You have lost when you do that and that's why so many people are going unnoticed and not helped because you do not even know what you're looking for. Okay, I'm speaking specifically my expertise, my lived experience expertise comes from the streets and in the inner city of San Diego, particularly, although I've traveled throughout this country, although I've been in the hoods and inner cities throughout this country. And for the most part, they operated the same. There was little rules that changed here and there. You know, there was different things, different ways of operation, different places and regions. But for the most part, whatever it was about this set of rules and guidelines, they were they were across the board. So now, bringing that, back to that question, or why I said that 80% of prostitutes had no pimp. I'm not talking about when it was the epidemic in the uh, mid-90s, early 2000s. It was actually the total opposite. It was rare for me to know or find a girl, a woman... That did not have a pimp that was in the game. It was not, it was not that was not going on like that. There were some girls that called we called them renegades. They called themselves renegades. That's a term in the game. Renegades when you don't have a pimp. When you're just out there making money on your own. Fast forward to 2019. I'm in the streets still. I'm connected still to the people that are still in the game, stuck in the game and the life. And I have to be. How else am I gonna help those people if I'm not connected to them? How else am I not gonna? How else am I gonna keep up and help if I do not keep up with the current trends and what's going on in the inner city and with it with the particular demographic that I'm I'm helping? Okay, so in my opinion, which I'm entitled to my opinion, I know and I have been aware of more girls currently. That do not have a pimp. That do not have a traditional pimp. That are working in the game. I don't. I do. I mean, it's like, what do you? Sometimes I'm one. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to change what I'm saying to fit you so you'll feel better? Do you want me to lie about what I know to be factful, fact factual on the streets? What the hell? I, I can't. I can't make myself do that and I've heard some people are like, "Well, Armand, you're if you put that out there, you're going to be hurting the efforts." I'm sorry. I cannot lie, and my job is to put out the information that's there so people can have a full overall idea of what's going on. You don't like it, I'm sorry. Don't listen to the don't listen to the fucking podcast. Don't listen. But there's some people out there that do wanna listen, whether they like it or not, because they can, so they can know. Otherwise, the same information is being regurgitated. 80% of the women and the people that I know in the game right now don't have a pimp. And the ones that seem like they do, they're in boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. It's not a traditional pimp that's checking, taking all the money. They're in a relationship. The girl is choosing to give that man money, maybe or they're just working damn right on their own. And this is happening for two reasons, two main reasons. One is this thing called the internet that did not just change the game, it changed life for everybody. The internet there's never been a, a error like there is right now with this thing called the internet. I was I'm in my opinion the greatest invention ever. Okay? So you got a population of people that still are um, lacking opportunities, lacking resources, that know that they have their body and can sell their body. They don't need a man now. They got the Internet. I can post an ad for myself. I can go and, 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 and get my hotel and make my own money, work when I want to work. There's more of that going on in my community, my community. It may be different where you're from. It may be different in the style and type of trafficking that you're talking about. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I am speaking specifically about domestic, urban, inner city, pimping, and prostitution. It is not the same as it was 15 years ago. It is not the same as it was 10 years ago. One of the main reasons is the internet. Another reason is women empowerment. That's, again, something that's crossed the board. It's not just in this industry. How many women out there have the mentality now that they don't need a man to, to, to be successful? They don't need a man to, to, to have a baby even. You know what I mean? Girls have told me, I, I, I just want a baby. I don't need a man. I'm going to have my baby. It's a, it's a mind state that's developed now. Okay. That same mind state is not just, oh, these these girls, they're in the game. They don't think, like, regular women. That's their problem, too. Some people think, like, people that are in the game, they're dumb. Or they just don't know what they're doing. Not, no. No. Not the case. Sorry. I'm sorry. And, uh, oh, shoot. Maybe it's three. Let me get that third, that third reason why, the um, that part of that, why 80%. I believe, my opinion, I could be wrong But my opinion, my observations and another another reason is, mind you, when I was young, previous to me entering into the game and my friends, the the generations of people in our community above us were gang members. We had we had the gang, the major gang epidemic, which was spawned by the crack epidemic, which was huge in black and brown communities throughout the nation. It was huge. That is what we can... I was born... I'm I'm born in 81. I'm an 80s baby. I was there when the world went crazy over crack cocaine. When my family was destroyed and tore up over crack cocaine. When kids were getting shifted and put into foster homes. When when, uh, dads were going to jail. When moms were getting strung out. When dudes, dads were getting strung out. I lived through that. I was born in that. Okay? I did not, I wasn't born with a lot of pimp. I didn't know what a pimp was until I was 15, 16. A real pimp. Pimp to me was just that cool word that made you get a lot of girls or you dress nice. That's what pimp was to me. Because we weren't exposed to it. So in my generation, when we came into pimping and prostitution at um, 16 years old, 17 years old. I'm saying at least 65, 70 percent of my peers, male and female, the girls I went to school with, the guys I went to school with, we merged into pimping and prostitution together, together. OK, we went into this together. So we started this over. There had been no previous pimp error other than uh, uh, the 70s where it was there, but it still wasn't as big as it was when we did it. So we, we kind we, of, so we're the beginning of that for this new modern generation. We're the beginning of that. So nowadays, what you have is, um, you know, we did, the girls in the game, they didn't have an older sister, cousin, the majority of them, some did, a mom, they didn't have people in their neighborhood that were influenced, that were prostitutes. They didn't have that person to talk to that was around. They didn't grow up, they my generation didn't grow up seeing that. But nowadays, the youngsters growing up now, it's overly exposed. I'm in San Diego. The pimp and prostitute culture is still here. Everybody knows what it is. Every rapper's talking about it. <coughs> Every rapper's talking about it. It's not just around us in our neighborhood. It's in the music we're listening to. So everybody knows. So for a pimp nowadays to convince a girl to prostitute for him, to work with him, for that to happen, it's really, really hard because they already know. Unlike when I was younger, it was easier because it was a new thing. Nobody knew the downside of it. Nobody knew the bad side of pimps and and the game in the streets. Nobody really knew it because we were freshly exposed to it. Not the case anymore. So it is harder for a guy to get at this girl and and sell her this dream and talk to her about prostituting, about getting out there, working the Internet, because she already knows in my community. Bring me bring that back. So although I'm not going to discuss that here, but in a previous podcast, I also talked about why the minor thing is exploding that this also has to stem from why so many minors are getting brought into the game now because those are the fresh minds and naive minds that are being brought in because you can't it's harder it's harder for a pimp traditional pimp following the rules and regulations to knock a girl right now excuse me to coerce to get a girl to work with him. it's harder so he uh, unfortunately there's a lot of guys, and it's like, a, I, I just uh, I made a post about this the other day. It's sickening to see all these guys going after minors now. And it's happening. So, um, so yes, I'm sorry if you disagree. You may be operating in a different field, a different, uh, when it comes to human sex trafficking. But where I'm from, I'm, I'm going to be real specific. In San Diego... In the inner cities of San Diego, coming from Southeast, Valley, East Ego, there are more women that I know that are prostituting by themselves without a pimp. And when I'm talking about prostituting, I'm not talking about they posting their own ads. They working when they want to work. They're doing their thing because. Still, with all this awareness and all these people talking and knowing that wanting to end human sex trafficking, nobody's really pushing the line to st- to hit the root of the problem, which is a lack of opportunity, a lack of resources, and a lack of prevention work. It's not happening yet. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting off of what I said. What I said is correct. It may not apply to where you are or overall. There may be more girls working for people overall in all the human sex trafficking, but I'm not under that umbrella. I'm talking real specific here. Real specific. Okay. Ha. Sorry. um, It may seem this is kind of emotional for me because, like I said, when people ask me, people question, there's been private meetings about me and um, about... uh, should we allow him into our... Let me address that too. Should we allow him into this community? How should we feel about a former pimp being in this community? Excuse me. Most of y'all are new to the community. I, I'm, I'm born in this community. My homegirls was, was was in the game. My cousins were in the game. My, my friends were in the game. Have died in the game. Have bled in the game. Have had babies through the game. I don't, I'm not in your community. Welcome to mine. How about that? Now, the advocacy community, yes, I may be new to coming in to, to y'all, but I'm coming in to help you. Please don't reject me. You know what I mean? I, I could care less because I'm going to do the work that I need to do anyway because the demographic and the people that I help don't even know you exist. Okay. Now, so let me, that's a perfect segue into a question that a... Um, A colleague did ask yesterday, and she asked me about my girls that I had that were in the game. And if I got it correct, she asked, was there ever anybody, any outreach to them? Um, Let me read this exactly. Did I ever see advocates or anyone reaching out to my girls? Um, 100%, not one time. I've never, I never even knew there were advocates out there for the 20 years I was in and around the game I've never seen them never heard of them didn't know that there was such a thing <laughs> um and uh, I was talking to my assistant yesterday and she told me you know cause I brought that question up to her and she had told me about a religious group that had came up approached her um, online you know cause she was working online um with, back in the day and, and they had a uh, start sending her messages emails they would call her number and she ended up um storing their name in there so she wouldn't answer but they were calling just telling they were praying for her so I'm sure pockets of these people existed but for the masses of people that are, were in the game when I was in the game you know I don't it, it's, a, it's a huge awareness thing going on now but 10 years ago 15 years ago non-existent um, never knew there was a way out and even now with the level of awareness that's out here now the level of advocacy that's here now Um, Most of the people in my demographic, the people that I know that are in the game now, they don't even know that there's an advocacy community out here. It's like two totally different worlds going on right now. There's the people, all these, there's thousands of people that want to help and have these programs. And then there's thousands of people that need those programs, but don't even know they exist. That don't even know they have an opportunity to go to one of these homes or uh, to get rehabilitated, to get help. They don't know that there's legal services. They don't know. And so, um, this is where I'm going to wrap this podcast up with, so what is the solution to that? Because I've been around now because I got around and I've discovered and I've been in, um, you know, I've discovered that all these great groups exist. And these great people exist with programs and stuff that would be really beneficial. Really beneficial to a lot of the people that feel like they're stuck in the game. So what is missing? I think the biggest piece, what I've discovered missing, is that a lot of these people aren't the ones that run these programs, aren't the ones closest to the pain. They're not the ones with the lived experience. Or if they are the ones with the lived experience, their lived experience is from 1930. You know, And where they're not as familiar with what's going on in 2020. So um, a lot's changed. And they're disconnected. So there's a huge disconnect between the advocacy community and the community of people that are on the streets that need the help and want the help. And and a lot of them are still stuck in the game because they don't think or believe there's anything else they can do because they've been in it for so long. So... That missing piece. You need a bridge. There needs to be a bridge created between the advocacy community and the people in the uh, that are working. Not just the prostitute, but the pimp. There needs to be a bridge that can help them to get out of the life, to believe in themselves, to be able to do something different and better for themselves. They are human. Yes, I said the pimp too. They are human beings that more than likely came into the work that they're doing because of, of, of something missing or lacking in their life, some form of abuse, some form of opportunity or resource missing, some form of uh, uh, mentorship missing, parental uh, parents missing, something. So that bridge, in my opinion, is advocacy groups start hiring lived experience experts to work as your not and not work as in no, no charity case, not we're handing you, uh, you know, your minimum wage job. No, put that. That person is way more important than you are. That person' job is is. Uh, I, that's, I take that back. Not more important. Equally as important as yours. But you need that person. And this, I'm on. I sit on the Prop Forty Seven Commission here in San, our committee here in San Diego, and. Even doing that, there's these groups that got a lot, millions of dollars to be able to get people that came out of prison um, under, under Prop 47 and get them to come to their groups. And they got millions of dollars and the numbers that they're producing from what they got, they uh, are so small. Seven people like I'm like, do you know what an organization like mine would do with half a million dollars, you know? And the reason that is, is because we're the ones closest to the pain. We're the ones still connected to the community. So um, like here in San Diego, we have organizations that are really active in the streets with the people. You got my homegirl, Jamie Johnson, with the um, organization Sisters of the Streets. She has a way more connection to that demographic of people that advocates want to help than you have on your own. She needs to be funded. She needs to be hired on, subcontracted to to be that community piece, to be that connection piece. That needs to happen. She needs to be on your board of directors. She needs to be on there to help guide you in what you think you know from your book work, your research, and I'm sure there's people and organizations like hers and Sisters of the Street throughout the United States. There's organizations like mine, Paving Great Futures who's launching, we're launching our first um, all-female Survivor-driven, survivor-led, lived experience-led um, group uh, for women that are in the game, and not just in the game. We're this for women that after they've gone through these advocacy uh, programs and they're done after nine weeks, ten, you know, ten months, whatever the case may be. What's after that? So it's called jewels it's called Guiding Entrepreneur Women Entrepreneur, Le- uh, excuse me, Guiding Empowering Women Entrepreneur Leaders for Success. Jules with a G. And where we're going to um, be able to train transferable skills and take women that were in the game to in- and teach them and empower them to own their own businesses, to be productive in society, to prosper beyond survivorhood. You know, okay, I'm a survivor. Now what? What is after being a survivor? So. Yeah, that's coming. Um, like That's being worked on right now. By an awesome team of, um, of women. I get to add my voice in here and there. With just ideas. But they be giving me the boot. Okay. Because they know what they're doing. And these are empowered women. Empowered leaders. And I I, I know what I know. But I know they, they, they're the ones closest to the pain. You know. So I, I play the back road. But. But. Uh, Yeah. This is it. I'm going to get this off my chest. I'm about to pull into my office right now. And start my day. And this is gone. Clear my mind. Drink some coffee. And God bless all of you. And I can't help but say it one more time. Just because we don't agree on everything. Just because you don't agree with somebody on everything. Find the commonality between the two of you. If our mission is the same, which is to save lives, find the commonality and figure out how to work together. And if you can't, then don't work with me. Don't work with that next group. Don't work with them. But don't come against them. Don't find a way to hurt them. As far as I've seen, I'm the only former pimp willing to put himself on the line right now to help advocates. I haven't seen another one pop up yet. I haven't. Would you rather me not be here? Would you rather me shut up and just not talk? Would you rather me not come to your meetings and then you don't have this perspective? You don't have this insight? You don't have this? That doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So tell you individuals who feel that is the case and reevaluate yourself. If there's some self-reflection you need to do, maybe there's some hurt and pain you ain't got over yet. Address that, not for me. For your own self You live one time Get some clarity Get some self-awareness And help yourself To be a better person The best person you can be Or you're not you're, You're actually damaging people And not helping them Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. This is the first episode in 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year new year to the world to um you know have another opportunity and another chance if you're listening to this podcast that means you are alive and you are capable of doing whatever in this world you want to do do not let people put limitations on you do not let people hinder your desires for more and to be happy i don't care if you're making a million dollars a year or making twenty thousand dollars a year the key and the goal and what i i personally believe success is being happy doing what you're doing being happy being alive whatever that means to you okay so everybody's form of happiness is different and we're all individuals and somehow we we tend to forget that we all are individuals we were born in this world alone we will die alone OK, and not everybody has the same opinion, not everybody has the same viewpoints. And that does not mean that we cannot be allies. That does not mean that we cannot be friends. And, you know, just because, you know, that's what this episode, as a matter of fact, let me start there. This episode I really meant to do before the year ended, 2018 ended, because I wanted to kind of, not that this is negative, But I kinda wanted to get all seemingly negative things out of my life for this 19. One of my New Year's resolutions to myself is to try and duck and dodge any negativity throughout the year from myself and from others and from um, taking in from social media. I just wanna see what a year would be like of really almost ignoring negativity, which is kinda hard for me because the community, And the people in my, the population of people that I help, um, it's a lot of negative seeming situations, you know, and so that, that is going to be a task of mine, but I'm trying to the best possible to ignore negativity. Um, so I wanted to address these issues. So we'll address these on the first episode here, Raising Pimp City. Welcome back. I appreciate you listening. Believe it. I appreciate everybody that's been out there sharing this and, um, I appreciate you. Just um, today, somebody told me that, or yesterday, told me that they had actually taught a class based off of one of my episodes, and I, I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, I do not come from a, a motive of of a ego. I do not come from a, neg- a negative intentions, evil, malicious thought. I do not. And I, some my assistant told me the other day that I apologize too much, and I, I may, I'm going to stop apologizing as much as I do, but there is a a strong sense of, um, man, fault that I, you know, from my previous life and things that I've done that I can't get away from, but I can only strive to what I, I see as some kind of invisible karma meter. I want my karma meter to outweigh, my good to outweigh my bad. And unfortunately, God didn't give me a glimpse on what that karma meter looks like right now. So I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to do as much good as possible because I know I spend a, quite a few years doing a lot of bad stuff, okay? And like, a bad, huh, there's bad and there's good, the words. But I don't believe there's any bad situations or bad circumstances um, truly are learning experiences like the bumper sticker, no bad days. They're really not. If you can learn and grow from any situation, any circumstance, um, and then it was for the good. And somehow we get caught up in our own little world, our own little circles. And if something happens to you, you think that it, it's really it's really just uh destructive and no learn from it grow from it and i'm not just speaking out the side of my neck believe me sitting here going i just finished going through my contact list and my phone and just really realizing if it isn't my immediate friends my brother my friends that i've uh, had contacts that are just dead i've literally almost lost everybody that meant something to me uh, uh, as far as um a, a close friend before their time, not because they died of old age or cancer. They were taken from this world. And each one of those situations and circumstances could have brought me down to the lowest of lowest of uh, human life. It could have brought me to the lowest of feelings. But I, I have to use and turn those negative and, and bad with seemingly bad situations into motivation for me to go out here and help save lives. And that's how I'm taking it. You may take it different, and I'm no better than you, and I want to clear that too. Just because we have different views, just because we have different opinions does not mean that you're right, I'm wrong, I'm right, you're wrong. It does not mean that. And it does not mean that we cannot work together if we have the same common goal of helping to save people and save lives. I'm tired of separation. I'm tired of um, uh, just because you may disagree with me on a little point or some my opinion of something. Then all of a sudden I'm bad and your way is so good. Can you please stop that? You know, I don't have to come to your daughter's birthday party. I don't have to go with you. I don't have to have Dinner with you on Friday nights, but we have a common goal, and for the purpose of this podcast, is to save and help people from going down a path of pimping and prostitution. We're going where we're striving to help people that are in the life, and we're striving to help people before they enter into that destructive life. That's what I believe us as advocates that is our role is to help save lives. We do not have to agree on everything. I have allies that believe that prostitution should be legal. I have allies that believe that all pimps should burn in hell. I have allies that believe that, that, um, that all human sex trafficking is the same. I may not agree with any of them on every single issue. But what we all do agree is that we want to help people to live the best life they can. So if you got that in your mind, I'm here to help you in whatever capacity I can. Cause my way is not the way. My way only may be helping a certain uh, demographic of the larger population, but I'm here to help. So okay, um, I'm just gonna put that out before I address. Uh, Cause I have um, I have two major things that have been constantly brought to me in these past few months, and one question that was just brought to me yesterday as I post. I posted on my Facebook. Um, for people to ask me questions if they had any questions for me to address, um, okay? So, yeah, we don't have to be best friends to um, to work together with the common goal. Understand that. Please understand that. So, yeah, so one of the major um, things that's kind of been coming in, um, in a previous few months is this thing about um, me saying I'm a survivor. So, let's start there. I don't know, it it may have come from a couple different ways, so I really don't go around just saying I'm a survivor, and I really don't say um, I'm a survivor of human sex trafficking. Okay, but I I had made a LinkedIn article one day on my LinkedIn page that said, am I a survivor too? And I had wrote in there in detail why, I wish I would have printed it out, I could have read it right now. Um, but I wrote in there in detail why I'm uh, kind of just asking the question um, and answering the question at the same time. So for one, I, you don't have to agree with me. It's okay. That does not make me bad and you good because you don't agree with me. And I don't run around saying I'm a survivor, although I am understand this listen chill sit back for a second before you got mad already see he said it he said he's a survivor i told you relax okay i am 37 years old i come from a background of destruction i come from a background of really not one male on on either side of my family that i could even say that i'm proud of or would pattern my life after not one okay I come from a, a, a drug-infested community in the, born in the 80s. I come from a gang-banging background. I, most of my friends are dead, and not dead because they died of cancer, not dead because they, they died of old age. I've been losing close friends since I was 12 years old to murder, okay? I've been losing friends like that. So we, we'll start there. I don't know what your definition of the word survivor is, For me, when I was young, if you made it to 18, you were lucky. If you made it to 25, you were a miracle. I'm 37 right now. It is a blessing to be here right now. I lost two friends in 2017 within 40 days of each other. And then my little cousin, who was 21 years old, I lost 60 days after that. Two to murder, one to an overdose. All three of them trying to be in the game, still stuck in the street life. I'm still standing. To me, my opinion, I have survived. To have my mental, my my brain on straight, to be thinking straight, to be striving for more, to be goal-oriented, to be working positively, not doing crime, not doing anything illegal, to have that mind frame right now, I have survived. Uh, 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 a set of circumstances that were set up before my birth that that would say otherwise for me being here right now. I should be doing other things according to the masses in my community. I have survived that mentality. I have survived a bullet. I have survived those things. Okay? Now I'm just talking, that's overall survival. For me and my community, in my background, where I'm from, it may be different from you and where you're from. I cannot explain that. You know, I, I mean, I cannot, I I'm, I can, um, I feel you. I understand where you're coming from. But if you did not walk one day in my Chuck Taylors, you did not walk one day live, living homeless for three years like you may have. But you want we, my situation to be here right now. I can't express it enough. I have survived an overall, uh, um, destructive situation for over 30 years okay so that's the overall survival and if you ever hear me saying I'm a survivor which I will try not to ever because I don't even want to be in that category like that's what I am only so overall yes I'm a survivor tell me I'm not that's your opinion and you're entitled to it my mama said opinions opinions are like assholes Everybody has one, and nine times out of ten, it smells like shit. Blame my mom. I didn't make that up. Okay, so that's the overall survival. Now let's talk about, am I a survivor of human sex trafficking? Let's be clear. I am not trying to um, compare myself to a, a woman, child, man that was forced into trafficking. That wasn't, that was traffic. I'm not, I can no way ever compare myself to those people or the people that have gone through um, kidnapping, gone through torture, gone through forced into selling themselves for sex. I cannot, I'm not even trying to say that. I'm I'm nothing but empathetic for people that have gone through tragic situations like that. That are going through those situations right now. I am not in no way trying to belittle them or belittle their situation, okay. And when I'm saying there, even I'm not, I'm, I have family in this, I have friends in this. I'm talking about that are selling themselves and have sold themselves for money, okay. This is not no, um, no mystery topic for me or something I read about or I'm just aware of because I learned through an awareness rally after I did an awareness run. No, no, I, I'm, a, I'm thoroughly knowledgeable and aware of of the, that situation. But when I say I'm a survivor of that, if I say that, I, meaning that that world that, um, you know, I might have been on the other end as a, a former pimp, but I'm alive. Most of the pimps I know have died or have lost their life or went to prison. You know, once again, I, got, I spoke on the overall, but in a way, can you can you understand me a little bit, just a little bit? I survived that era from nineteen ninety six until or uh, two thousand and eight. I'll give it one of the biggest human sex trafficking epidemics that ever happened in America, next to the transatlantic slave trade, happened here in in America in the in the San Diego round. From why this why why is this podcast even titled? Raised in Pimp City. Literally, I feel in comparing, I was raised in a city that bred pimps as a young kid. I have made it out of that mind frame. I have made it out of that situation. I have people that I know that are still stuck in that mind frame. I have survived the greatest epidemic, one of the greatest epidemics of sex trafficking. And really, pimping and prostitution in America—I have survived that. And you can um, people feel like they can just coin the, the term "survivor." I know people that are survivors of domestic sex. Uh, uh, not, uh, excuse me, domestic violence. I know people that are survivors of, of, of drug addiction. I know people that are survivors of violent attacks, survivors of war. There are many different types of survivors, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But I'm going to reframe for the sake of, I don't want to come across like I am comparing and I don't want to come across like I am, um, I don't, I just, I don't want people to feel bad. You know, I have a, a heart and I don't want people to, especially survivors that have, that have gone through human sex trafficking. I don't want them to feel bad about themselves and their situation. Okay. So, I'm gonna reframe, and I have been. I don't even go around saying that. People have put that on me, and it almost seems like people are putting stuff on me because they want me to be a bad guy. Maybe because they have not recovered from their own situations. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing's for sure it's not on me to make everybody feel happy and good. I have a job to do out here, and that's saving lives, and I'm gonna focus and concentrate on saving lives, not bickering, not petty stuff. I will not. Sorry. But yeah, so um, I'm I'm a survivor. All right, where's my next question? I got my notes. I didn't want to miss nothing today, you know, because once this is done and this is out here, I I may talk to somebody that wants to meet and talk about these things more. But at first, I'm just going to point you to the podcast because I shouldn't have to keep continuing to explain this and talk about this. Although I will, although I will, I really don't want to i want you know what you resist will persist what you concentrate on you will get more of that's why i keep pushing the line of um i know this is human sex trafficking awareness month but i really hope the rest of the year can be human sex trafficking solution year okay we're aware if all these, I go to, i several different conferences with brilliant minds. We have uh, people, letters behind their name, PhDs. And we got all these different people, counselors, researcher this, researcher that. We have lived experience experts. We have all these different people in the room, and we seem to be having the same meeting repetitively. Where we're talking about awareness and all this stuff. Can you imagine if we had brought all these brilliant minds to one place and we, the whole time of this conference, this two day conference, this one day conference, these week long conferences, we actually all just sat and worked on solutions? Guess what we would have, folks? Guess what we would have? Okay, you work, my, my, my bro, my friend, he tells me, you know, you concentrate on problems, you get more problems. You concentrate on solutions going to get solutions and i believe and i love all the people that i've been in these conferences with and they're brilliant i'm like why have no one figured out the missing component to bring these brilliant minds together that when are we going to have the human sex trafficking solutions conference oh oh my god that would be amazing i'd pay 500 dollars for that but okay so one of the other um Questions and things that have come up and I've heard come from a uh, many different ways. Actually, three. I'm not going to say many. Most people understand me. But I had a podcast earlier on. You can listen to it where I had said, um, it, it was titled, 80% of the women, 80% of prostitutes have no pimp. Okay? So... It's been people that just read the title and never listened to the podcast. Or there's been people that have just been told that I have that podcast and got mad. Not listening to it. Not saying, okay, let me check it out for myself and see what he's talking about. Okay? So, that's let's start there. I don't understand that. That's what we call those headline readers. You read a headline on a newspaper. You read a headline tagline on a, on a, on a, a social media post and then just run with it instead of digging in instead of learning that's lazy straight lazy and especially when you want to formulate an opinion on somebody and then start attacking that person that doesn't make any sense not to me but once again that's my opinion and i'm not saying i'm right i could be wrong okay but before i um, let me break that down and what i mean by that again first even more so now than ever um I'm breaking away from comparing and the the, the background that I come from. Let me be very specific. We never called this human sex trafficking. That is a new term to me. And I believe a new term being used like it is used right now for the past maybe five, six years. Okay, before that, where I come from and the background that I come from is inner city. Predominantly black, pimping and prostitution. There was a set of rules and regulations and guidelines that were unwritten, but they had come from the the '70s. They had come from uh, 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 mostly from the '70s. There was a look and a culture that was created, a subculture. Of pimping and prostitution, there was ways you were supposed to conduct yourself that I learned from in the streets, from older pimps. I learned these things, right? And for the most part, me and my friends applied those things, and we we. I'm I'm 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old. Kids, we were kids, um, but trying to abide by these rules that were um, we we had learned, you know, was no force was no you know if you couldn't if you couldn't talk for yours if you couldn't if you couldn't convince a girl to be with you with your mouth then you didn't have her it was all these little things it was choosing fees where someone had to actually pay to be with you there was no kid. you could not deal or mess with minors you could not you could not have a minor prostituting for you and then not to say that there was not some dudes that didn't do the opposite of these rules because there were There were people that did not necessarily follow these rules. I'm only speaking from a specific background that I come from. Unlike other people that will talk to you as if they know everything. They're speaking for pimping and prostitutes and human sex trafficking and overall. Be mindful of those people. Because this is a very, very vast problem. And it's not like you can't just put all of these different little pockets in one pocket, all these different subjects in one pocket, and 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 that's what it is. You have lost when you do that. And that's why so many people are going unnoticed and not helped, because you do not even know what you're looking for, okay? I'm speaking specifically—my expertise, my lived experience expertise comes from the streets and in the inner city of San Diego, particularly— Although I've traveled throughout this country, although I've been in the hoods and in inner cities throughout this country, and for the most part, they operated the same. There was little rules that changed here and there. You know, there was different things, different ways of operation, different places and regions. But for the most part, whatever was about this set of rules and guidelines, they were they were across the board. So now, bringing that back to that question, or why I said that, eighty percent of prostitutes had no pimp. I'm not talking about when it was the epidemic in the thir- uh, mid-90s, early 2000s. It was actually the total opposite. It was rare for me to know or find a girl, a woman, that did not have a pimp that was in the game. It was not, it was not, that was not going on like that. There was some girls that called, we called them renegades. They called themselves renegades. That's a term in the game, renegades, when you don't have a pimp. When you're just out there making money on your own. Fast forward to 2019. I'm in the streets still. I'm connected still to the people that are still in the game. Stuck in the game and the like. And I have to be. How else am I going to help those people if I'm not connected to them? How else am I not going to... How else am I going to keep up and help if I do not keep up with the current trends. And what's going on in the inner city and with, it, with the particular demographic that I'm I'm helping okay so in my opinion which I'm entitled to my opinion I know and I have been aware of more girls currently that do not have a pimp that do not have a traditional pimp that are working in the game I don't I do, and it's like, what do you? Sometimes I'm wondering, like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to change what I'm saying to fit you so you'll feel better? Do you want me to lie about what I know to be factful, factual on the streets? What the hell? I can't, I can't make myself do that. And I've heard some people are like, well, Armand, if you put that out there, you're gonna be hurting the efforts. I'm sorry, I cannot lie. And my job is to put out the information that's there so people can have a full overall idea of what's going on. You don't like it, I'm sorry. Don't listen to the don't listen to the fucking podcast. Don't listen. But there's some people out there that do want to listen, whether they like it or not, because they can, so they can know. Otherwise, the same information is being regurgitated. of the women and the people that I know in the game right now don't have a pimp. And the ones that seem like they do, they're in boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. It's not a traditional pimp that's checking, taking all the money. They're in a relationship. The girl is choosing to give that man money, maybe. Or they're just working damn right on their own. And this is happening for two reasons. Two main reasons. One is this thing called the internet that did not just change the game, it changed life for everybody. The internet there's never been a, a error like there is right now with this thing called the internet. I was I'm in my opinion the greatest invention ever. Okay? So you got a population of people that still are um, lacking opportunities, lacking resources that know that they have their body and can sell their body. They don't need a man now. They got the internet. I can post an ad for myself. I can go and and, and, and get my hotel and make my own money. Work when I want to work. There's more of that going on in my community. My community. It may be different where you're from. It may be different in the style and type of trafficking that you're talking about. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I am speaking specifically about... Domestic, urban, inner city, pimping, and prostitution. It is not the same as it was 15 years ago. It is not the same as it was 10 years ago. The, one of the main reasons is the internet. Another reason is women empowerment. That, that's, again, something that's crossed the board. It's not just in this industry. How many women out there have the mentality now that they don't need a man? To, to, to be successful. They don't need a man to, to, to have a baby even. You know what I mean? Girls have told me, I, okay, I just want a baby. I don't need a man. I'm going to have my baby. It, it's, a, it's a mind state that's developed now. Okay? That same mind state is not just, oh, these these girls, they're in the game. They don't think like regular women. That's their problem too. Some people think like people that are in the game, they're dumb. Or they just don't know what they're doing. Not, no. No. Not the case. Sorry, I'm sorry. And um, shoot, maybe it's three. Let me get that third, that third reason why the, um, that part of that, why 80%. I believe, my opinion, I could be wrong, but my opinion, my observations and another, another reason is, mind you, when I was young, previous to me entering into the game and my friends, the, the generations of people in our community above us were gang members. We had the we had the gang the major gang epidemic, which was spawned by the crack epidemic, which was huge in black and brown communities throughout the nation. It was huge. That is what we can. I was born. I'm a born in '81. I'm an '80s baby. I was there when the world went crazy over crack cocaine. When my family was destroyed and tore up over crack cocaine. When kids were getting shifted and put in the uh, um, uh, foster homes. When, when Dads were going to jail when moms were getting strung out when dudes with dads were getting strung out. I lived through that. I was born in that. Okay, I did not, I wasn't born with a lot of pimp. I didn't know what a pimp was until I was 15, 16. A real pimp, pimp to me was just that cool word that made you get a lot of girls or you dress nice. That's what pimp was to me because we weren't exposed to it. So in my generation, when we came into pimping and prostitution at um, 16 years old, 17 years old, I'm saying at least 65, 70 percent of my peers, male and female, the girls I went to school with, the guys I went to school with, we merged into pimping and prostitution together, together. OK, we went into this together. So we started this over. There had been no previous pimp error other than uh, uh, the 70s where it was there but it still wasn't as big as it was when we did it. So we we kind of we so we're the beginning of that for this new modern generation. We're the beginning of that. So nowadays what you have is um, you know we did the girls in the game they didn't have a older sister cousin the majority of them some did. A mom. They didn't have people in their neighborhood that were influenced, that were prostitutes. They didn't have that person to talk to that was around. They didn't grow up. They, my generation didn't grow up seeing that. But nowadays, the youngsters growing up now, it's overly exposed. I'm in San Diego. The pimp and prostitute culture is still here. Everybody knows what it is. Every rapper's talking about it. <coughs> Every rapper's talking about it. It's not just around us in our neighborhood. It's in the music we're listening to. So everybody knows. So for a pimp nowadays to convince a girl to prostitute for him, to work with him, for that to happen, it's really, really hard. Because they already know. Unlike when I was younger, it was easier because it was a new thing. Nobody knew the downside of it. Nobody knew the bad side of pimps and and the game in the streets. Nobody really knew it because we were freshly exposed to it. Not the case anymore. So it is harder for a guy to get at this girl and and sell her this dream and talk to her about prostituting, about getting out there, working the Internet, because she already knows in my community. Let me bring that back. So although I'm not gonna discuss that here, but in a previous podcast I also talked about why the minor things explode and that this also has to stem from why so many minors are getting brought into the game now. Because those are the fresh minds and naive minds that are being brought in. Because you can't it's harder. It's harder for a pimp traditional pimp following the rules and regulations to knock a girl right now, excuse me, to coerce, to get a girl to work with them. It's harder. So he, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys, and it's like a, I, I just uh, I made a post about this the other day. It's sickening to see all these guys going after minors now, and it's happening. So, um, so yes, I'm sorry if you disagree. You may be operating a different field, a different uh, when it comes to human sex trafficking, but where I'm from, I'm gonna be real specific in San Diego. In the inner cities of San Diego, coming from Southeast, Valley, East Dago, there are more women that I know that are prostituting by themselves without a pimp. And when I'm talking about prostituting, I'm not talking about they posting their own ads. they working when they want to work. They're doing their thing because. Still, with all this awareness and all these people talking and knowing of, of wanting to end human sex trafficking, nobody's really pushing the line to st- to hit the root of the problem, which is a lack of opportunity, a lack of resources, and a lack of prevention work. It's not happening yet. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting off of what I said. What I said is correct. It may not apply to where you are or overall. There may be more girls working for people overall in all the human sex trafficking, but I'm not under that umbrella. I'm talking real specific here. Real specific. Okay. Ah, sorry. Um, it may seem this is kind of emotional for me because like I said, when people ask me, they, they people question, there's been private meetings about me and um, about... Uh, should we allow him into our Let me address that too Should we allow him into this community How should we feel about a former pimp Being in this community Excuse me Most of y'all are new to the community I, I'm, I'm born in this community My homegirls was, was, was in the game My cousins were in the game my, my friends were in the game Have died in the game Have bled in the game Have had babies through the game I don't, I'm not in your community. Welcome to mine. How about that? Now, the advocacy community, yes, I may be new to coming in to, to y'all, but I'm coming in to help you. Please don't reject me. You know what I mean? I, I could care less because I'm going to do the work that I need to do anyway because the demographic and the people that I help don't even know you exist. Okay. Now, so let me, that's a perfect segue into a question that a... Uh, um, a colleague did ask yesterday, and she asked me about my girls that I had that were in the game. And if I got it correct, she asked, did, was there ever anybody, any outreach to them? Um, let me read this exactly. Did I ever see advocates or anyone reaching out to my girls? Um, 100%, not one time. I've never, I never even knew there were advocates out there for the 20 years I was in and around the game. I've never seen them. Never heard of them. Didn't know that there was such a thing. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was talking to my assistant yesterday, and she told me, you know, because I brought that question up to her, and she had told me about a religious group that had came up, approached her, um, online, you know, because she was working online um, with, back in the day, and, and they had to a, a, start sending her messages, emails, they would call her number, and she ended up, um, storing their name in there so she wouldn't answer but they were calling just telling they were praying for her so I'm sure pockets of these people existed but for the masses of people that are, were in the game when I was in the game you know I don't it, it's, a, it's a huge awareness thing going on now but 10 years ago 15 years ago non-existent um, never knew there was a way out and even now with the level of awareness that's out here now the level of advocacy that's here now Um, Most of the people in my demographics, the people that I know that are in the game now, they don't even know that there's an advocacy community out here. It's like two totally different worlds going on right now. There's the people, all these, there's thousands of people that want to help and have these programs. And then there's thousands of people that need those programs, but don't even know they exist. That don't even know they have an opportunity to go to one of these homes or uh, to get rehabilitated, to get help. They don't know that there's legal services. They don't know. And so, um, this is where I'm going to wrap this podcast up with, so what is the solution to that? Because I've been around now because I got around and I've discovered and I've been in, um, you know, I've discovered that all these great groups exist And these great people exist with programs and stuff that would be really beneficial. Really beneficial to a lot of the people that feel like they're stuck in the game. So what is missing? I think the biggest piece, what I've discovered missing, is that a lot of these people aren't the ones that run these programs, aren't the ones closest to the pain. They're not the ones with the lived experience. Or if they are the ones with the lived experience, their lived experience is from 1930. You know, and where they're not as familiar with what's going on in 2020. So, um, a lot's changed and they're disconnected. So, there's a huge disconnect between the advocacy community and the community of people that are on the streets that need the help and want the help. And probably a lot of them are still stuck in the game because they don't think or believe there's anything else they can do because they've been in it for so long. So, that missing piece. You need a bridge. There needs to be a bridge created between the advocacy community and the people in the uh, that are working. Not just the prostitute, but the pimp. There needs to be a bridge that can help them to get out of the life, to believe in themselves, to be able to do something different and better for themselves. They are human. Yes, I said the pimp too. They are human beings that more than likely came into the work that they're doing because of, of, of something missing or lacking in their life, some form of abuse, some form of opportunity or resource missing, some form of uh, uh, mentorship missing, parental uh, parents missing, something. So that bridge, in my opinion, is advocacy groups start hiring lived experience experts to work as your not and not work as in no no charity case, not we're handing you, uh, you know your minimum wage job. No, put that that person is way more important than you are. That person' job is is. Uh, I that's I take that back. Not more important, equally as important as yours. But you need that person. And this, I'm on. I sit on the Prop Forty Seven Commission here, set our committee here in San Diego, and. Even in that, there's these groups that got a lot, millions of dollars to be able to get people that came out of prison um, under, under Prop 47 and get them to come to their groups. And they got millions of dollars and the numbers that they're producing from what they got, they uh, are so small. Seven people like I'm like, do you know what an organization like mine would do with half a million dollars, you know? And the reason that is, is because we're the ones closest to the pain. We're the ones still connected to the community. So, um, like here in San Diego, we have organizations that are really active in the streets with the people. You got my homegirl, Jamie Johnson, with the um, organization Sisters of the Streets. She has a way more connection to that demographic of people that advocates want to help than you have on your own. She needs to be funded. She needs to be hired on, subcontracted to to be that community piece, to be that connection piece. That needs to happen. She needs to be on your board of directors. She needs to be on there to help guide you in what you think you know from your bookwork, your research. And I'm sure there's people and organizations like hers and Sisters of the Street throughout the United States. There's organizations like mine, Paving Great Futures, who's launching. We're launching our first um, all-female survivor-driven, survivor-led, lived experience-led um, group uh, for women that are in the game, and not just in the game. We're this for women that after they've gone through these advocacy uh, programs and they're done after nine weeks, ten, you know, ten months, whatever the case may be. What's after that? So it's called jewels called Guiding Entrepreneur Women Entrepreneur, Le- uh, excuse me Guiding, Empowering Women Entrepreneur Leaders for Success. Jules with a G. And where we're going to um, be able to train transferable skills and take women that were in the game to in- and teach them and empower them to own their own businesses to be productive in society to prosper beyond survivorhood you know, okay, I'm a survivor now what? What is after being a survivor? So. Yeah, that's coming. Um, like That's being worked on right now. By an awesome team of, um, of women. I get to add my voice in here and there. With just ideas. But they be giving me the boot. Okay. Because they know what they're doing. And these are empowered women. Empowered leaders. And I I, I know what I know. But I know they, they, they're they the ones closest to the pain. You know. So I, I play the back road. But. Uh, Yeah. This is it. I'm going to get this off my chest. I'm about to pull into my office right now and start my day. And this is gone. Clear my mind. Drink some coffee. And God bless all of you. And I can't help but say it one more time. Just because we don't agree on everything. Just because you don't agree with somebody on everything. Find the commonality between the two of you. If our mission is the same, which is to save lives, find the commonality, and figure out how to work together. And if you can't, then don't work with me. Don't work with that next group. Don't work with them. But don't come against them. Don't find a way to hurt them. As far as I've seen, I'm the only former pimp willing to put himself on the line right now to help advocates. I haven't seen another one pop up yet. I haven't. Would you rather me not be here? Would you rather me shut up and just not talk? Would you rather me not come to your meetings and then you don't have this perspective, you don't have this insight, you don't have this? That doesn't make sense to me and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. So tell you individuals who feel that is the case and reevaluate yourself. If there's some self-reflection you need to do, maybe there's some hurt and pain you ain't got over yet. Address that, not for me for your own self you live one time get some clarity get some self-awareness and help yourself to be a better person the best person you can be or you're not you're, you're actually damaging people and not helping them